Welcome to Grow With Soul, a simple marketing podcast by me, Kate Ferris, a creative business and marketing coach living in the mountains in North Wales. Grow With Soul is for creatives who either have their own business or who dream of having their own business and who want to grow slowly, sustainably and soulfully in their work and in their life. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to episode 113 of Grow With Soul. Today I am catching up with Sarah Fraser, who, when we first met her back in episode 44, was just in the beginning phases of setting up her book editing services alongside her day job as a teacher. Over the last two years, Sarah has been on a hell of a journey discovering that the big picture of book editing was actually completely draining her and was really heavy and she's now pivoted into a completely different kind of business. We talk about the process of realising when something isn't right, how the shoulds sneak up on us, the pressure of having a capital B business, mixing identity with our work and how Sarah managed to turn towards the joy. Hi Sarah. Hi Kate. It's so good to chat to you again. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me back. I'm so excited because I think of all the people that I'm doing these kind of catch-up conversations (laughs) with, you're the one who's changed the most. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, I've had quite the pivot, like the true definition of a pivot, totally different direction. You're right. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I'm just really excited to, to dive into all of that. So maybe start from that whole story and maybe just a quick catch up on what the business was that you talked about last time and then we can go into and then everything that's happened and eventually landing to where you are now. Yeah, for sure. So the last time we talked to each other, I was just starting out as a book editor. I think I might have not even started out yet. I was just thinking about starting out as a book editor and I was hoping to be working with new authors editing manuscripts. And I actually took all the advice that you gave me in that conversation and I went for it and it was really great for a while, to be honest. I worked with a few really passionate authors that made me really excited about what I was getting into. I edited quite a few books and then shorter pieces for a few other people. And it really felt an alignment for quite a while, to be honest. And then... (laughs) <laughs> and then 2020. <laughs> yeah. Every conversation is like, and then... <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, you know, there were all those memes and things about 2020 being this way or that way. But honestly, it really was quite a year for reflection and change on a personal level, a business level, a global level. And so, you know, the year got started pretty normally and I was editing and it was fun and it was great. And then everything changed. I think it maybe came into focus for me because I was working from home. So I was teaching from home. I'm still teaching in alternate education, which means I work with disadvantaged youth. And that is what I still plan on doing. I don't have intentions of quitting my job or anything like that. And so, you know, during the day, I'd be teaching from home on Zoom. And it was crisis times for a lot of the families and the youth that I work with. So it would be, you know, talking to students about, you know, what they're going through in their personal lives and helping them sort of manage um, manage their emotions and their well-being and putting out fires here and there and then of course helping them with their writing and their schoolwork and then there were days honestly where I would then at three o'clock close one zoom meeting mm-hmm. and then open up another one with an author and I'd be talking to them about you know their mental blocks and managing their emotional well-being and supporting them with their writing and yeah. <laughs> it it started to become kind of clear to me that I was draining all of my energy with my day job and my side hustle. And there was nothing left at the end of the day for myself. Like there was really, I had thought that by being an editor, I would have more time for my own writing that I would have, you know, sort of a new, a new lease on reading and it would all just flow together. But what was happening was that it was just taking away from all of that. And I wasn't able to read, I wasn't able to write or do anything for me anymore. Mm. Um, And so I, you know, I sort of winded down with 
the clients I was working with and just took a break for a while for quite a few months. Actually, I just went off Instagram and then sort of put my website under construction and just went away to try and figure out what it was that was really at the heart of this sort of icky feeling of, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. I was in the trail with your group Mm -hmm. at the time. And so that was really helpful because I think that's what everyone there had in common was that they were all also trying to uncover sort of what was standing in the way or what this underlying feeling of the need for change was. So I, I, you know, I worked my way through the exercises there, tried to just be me again, not me as an editor or me as an Instagram account or a business. And then slowly tiptoed back into the online world and, you know, started to dig deep into things that were bringing me joy and not just things that I thought I was good at. And that was a whole process as well. We can talk about that as well if you want. But what I've come back as is as a vintage home shop, which is, like we said, a huge pivot. But (laughs) now (laughs) I'm curating vintage uh, homewares and art and sometimes furniture at my shop, which is called Fraser and Willow. And that's where we are now. (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot of fancy stuff in there but I thought you know (laughs) we've gone from there to here and that's kind of where we are right now yeah yeah and that's just so not where you expect it to come out and that's why it's so interesting oh I've got to just think now like do I where do I want to dig into all of these things because um so let's let's uh, we'll come back to how on earth you got from book editing to vintage homewares. And then uh, let's think a little bit about that kind of process of the the winding down, because it was very soon, in, in, you know, in the grand scheme of things, into kind of getting that business going, mm, that, yeah. that the decision was made to actually know this isn't it. And what was that like for you? in an emotional way in terms of what were the stories you were telling yourself what were the reasons you were giving yourself not to or why you weren't allowed to perhaps and yeah how was that kind of what was the mental gymnastics going on then yeah so I feel like I was you know the last time we talked I was just getting started and I went and did all the things that you're supposed to do to put a new business in motion you know I was talking about what I was doing on Instagram I was coming up with new offerings I was putting myself in front of writers and authors and really doing everything to try and generate that interest in my business and then it started actually happening and I think I've kind of likened it to the feeling I always get when I go on a roller coaster where mm-hmm. you know you start up that main incline and you know you're kind of building momentum and it's just the feeling of okay stop I want to get off I don't want to do this anymore yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't recognize it as that right away because like I said I was working with really amazing authors and I was enjoying reading their work and as a teacher I do love that process of seeing someone grow and learn and watching that progress in their work but there was a time when I started getting more inquiries and people were actually asking if I had availability to work with them and instead of feeling excited when I saw those emails in my inbox I would just like close the browser close my laptop and think oh I'll respond to that Mm -hmm. later I don't really know how I feel about this and so you know it became pretty clear when I was doing that that I wasn't doing the right thing anymore and so I made the decision. I got one more email from a writer who fit exactly the type of writer that I wanted to be working with, someone who's going on right now to write an amazing book. But when I got that inquiry from her, I thought, you know, I'm really not going to feel good if I start this project and then completely burn out halfway through. And so I referred her on to a friend, a fellow editor who could serve her just as well, if not better. And once I had done that, I realized, okay, you put all this energy into building a business. You've been on Instagram every single day, taking courses, trying to learn how to market yourself, all of these things. And now you're actually sending people to other businesses. This isn't right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, you know, yeah, the mental gymnastics, I think, you know, I was, I was very much aware (laughs) that I was off track, but I didn't quite know how or why. So then when I shut things down and just started to think about it, I think what I started to realize kind of pretty early on like at first you know at first I was I thought okay so it's it's the zoom thing it's the fact that I'm on zoom all day with my students and I don't want to be on zoom in the evening anymore so maybe I can think of an offering that doesn't require me to show up for appointments maybe I need to create digital products or maybe I need to come up with an offering that's more email based 
And so I was in the background just brainstorming, how can I make this business work for me? And then I would kind of go through all the steps and then get to the point where I wanted to, you know, put it out there and then get that roller coaster feeling again of like, oh, back this up. I don't want to do it. And I couldn't really figure out what that was. <laughs> and so I did need to take time away, away to dig into that. And I think what I started to kind of see is that when I came across the world of online businesses, I feel like there were a lot of people whose story was very much that they just had this skill, this sort of innate ability and just sort of stumbled into a business, you know, that people were just throwing money at them to do this thing that they'd always done. Mm -hmm. And I think it kind of, for me, it made the story that I was telling myself be like, you know, what I needed to do was something that I'd always done before. Mm. And I was always the person, I was always the member of my family who was really good with words. I was the bookworm. I'm the member of my friend groups who likes to write and read and who can, you know, help people edit or proofread their essays or their websites or whatever it may be. And so I think underlying a lot of the plans I made when I first started a business was, well, you can't really do anything else. So you have to do something in the world of writing. Oof. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I think I realized, you know, I felt like I should have been a writer. I should have been um, an editor. But really, that should didn't really add up for what I wanted to be doing with my time. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so then there was all the unpacking of that and kind of thinking, where do I go from here? Mm. Yeah. And that makes. It makes so much sense because as you were saying that the the converse, individual conversations with the individual authors weren't bad. <laughs> like no. they, they were interesting and exciting projects and people. But sure. the things that are good in the on the kind of macro scale doesn't they don't all add up to something that's a good big picture. Like it mm. can you can have a good hour, but that doesn't mean the whole business concept is good. And yes. I think we can confuse that sometimes. And I was, funnily enough, having a, con we had a trail call last night at the time we were recording and we were having this conversation. And it's kind of like when you're like deciding whether to leave a relationship where you kind mm. of get to this point where you're like, well, this one little thing they do is really good. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> oh, they make a really good roast dinner. So maybe I should stay, even though like the yep. roast dinner does not make a good relationship. Yeah, yep, exactly. Um, so, and it was, and it makes sense that, you know, therefore you could show up to those Zooms and they could be good because yeah, you're, you're good at it but the whole business was forged in this, in the context of what you thought you should do because you were good at it and not from that kind of very true soul place. Exactly, yeah, absolutely, mm -hmm. yeah. And all of that, I did not have that vocabulary at the time, so mm -hmm. I was just continuing with it, you know, and kind of just, kind of like the analogy of like a duck on a pond, like on the surface, everything's just flowing along, but underneath I'm just like, paddling a million miles a minute trying to figure out what direction I'm supposed to be going in why does it feel like this and yeah. needing to just stop and mm. re-evaluate and then you know move forward from there yeah the what yeah and I think and I think as well like you were saying about all those stories of the other businesses where it's like oh I just did this one thing and then my life was amazing <laughs> like yeah you kind of feel like well what am I doing wrong <laughs> Right. That I'm, yeah. I'm, this is what I should be, what I should be really happy with this and I'm not. And we quite often go to, and therefore I'm a bad, ungrateful person rather than, right. and there, you know, all the other million explanations there could be. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, I wanted, like, you can't force that kind of organic movement either. Like, I'm sure there are people who just had a hobby. Maybe they were a knitter and they just knitted something and someone offered to buy it from them. So they knitted five more things and they mm -hmm. had this organic growth, but you can't force that. And I think in a way I was trying to force that when in reality, I really intentionally decided to start a business because I wanted to build something of my own and I wanted to stop painting houses in the summer mm -hmm. <laughs> and do something that felt like it was coming from me. But then, you know, in trying to sort of follow in the footsteps of other people's journey, I thought, well, 
you know, I have to go down this path because it would make sense when I tell my story that I've always been someone who likes books and now I'm a book editor. There's no other mm. way that I can make this make sense for other people, um, which is starting from, I think, all the wrong places for me. That was kind of starting by looking at myself through others' eyes instead of starting yeah. from what I actually wanted to do. Mm. That's like really amazing awareness, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, <laughs> I've had some time. <laughs> <laughs> and does it kind of feel freeing now? Like, was it wait, when you kind of like, oh, I started this from the point that this is what I'm good at, so I have to. Was that like that realization kind of fall on you or was it very gradual? Yeah, I think it must have been pretty gradual. I think it took, again, like it took the break and then sort of coming back and being really open with anyone that I talked to about the shop that, you know, I'm in a phase of experimentation. We're going to see where this goes. And then really just kind of following what felt good, following what felt fun and then realizing, okay, well, why does this feel good and fun? And that felt heavy and stressful and just reflecting on it from that point of view once I was mm. in a different place I don't think it was something that I right yeah it definitely wasn't something I just knew one day it was just a process yeah. for me okay yeah. so yeah it wasn't oh I have now realized that I'm only doing this because I'm good at it <laughs> so let me now draw a line and go off and do something else which would be very convenient but you know that's not how yeah. life works no, for sure and I think mm. just being like I said I said it right from the beginning I wanted everything to feel like an experiment and I didn't want to have any pressure to tie myself to one thing right at the beginning and so even when I came back online and decided to start a shop at first there was this moment where I thought well you know at first I was doing really well and I thought you know I'm really enjoying thrifting right now I'm really enjoying all the conversations about the circular market and you know not making more waste and slow fashion and I'm interested in vintage and all of these things and then all of a sudden when I was thinking about starting a shop it was okay well I guess I have to start a bookshop and <laughs> because I'm the one who loves books and so mm. before I'm allowed to do anything else I better make sure that you know I'm sticking to what like I'm staying in my wheelhouse you know staying in my lane I'll like have to learn how to sell books and then yeah and then again those kind of that like hitting a wall feeling popped up and I thought well I don't really I, I don't want to sell books I, I want to learn about vintage homewares and even though I'm not an expert even though I'm not the person who's you know been learning about vintage but I don't have an art history degree I these this is what I want to do so mm. maybe I'll just try doing that anyways and see what happens so that was part of that realization as well yeah yeah that's so interesting like the, the <laughs> way that we just like back ourselves into these corners of identity mm. and mm -hmm. and and because we're we think of it as, as only for work, but it's not only for work. Because like, as you're mm -hmm. saying, I'm the book girl. Like that's mm -hmm. not just, I'm the book business. Like that's your whole right. personhood, which is, yeah. yeah, a lot to just like reduce yourself down to. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, I'm, I'm happy with where I am in business and my career and my life and everything. But then I have these moments where I think if I had unpacked some of this stuff sooner, what else might I have done differently in my life? You know? Mm, yeah. Well, yeah. and that's always the way. Like, I think that's yeah. how everybody looks back on their 20s, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's mm. just like, oh, God, if only I'd known, I would have had a much better time. <laughs> that's very true. That's actually very true. Yeah. <laughs> and... What I'd be interested to know about as well is like you said, you went completely off Instagram mm. and I presume off of like reading newsletters and doing courses and stuff like that as well. Mm. So what kind of an impact did that have on not only your decision making, but also just kind of how life was in that time? Hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I wasn't sure if I would share this here, but I think I will. But one of the reasons I went offline as well is because of something that happened in um, in my classroom. And what happened was there was a student in my class who was giving me a hard time and they went on Instagram and they searched my name and they found my business account. And they opened up my my last post and just started reading my caption out loud. And I was just kind of moving through the classroom, like handing out papers. And I could hear hear these words. And I was kind mm. of like, not really, it felt like a clash of my two worlds, right? And I was like, yeah. wait, what? What am I hearing right now? And it was obviously awkward that a student had found my Instagram, but 
it wasn't so much that I don't really mind if my students find my Instagram. It was just hearing those words read out loud while I was in my regular routine, just being myself. I wasn't being a business. I wasn't being a, you know, a persona online, just as I'm moving through the room, being myself, I heard those words and that didn't sound like me. Um, It made me kind of cringe a little bit. I thought, oh God, did I write that? Oh, geez. And so, you know, (laughs) this particular student, like I said, was giving me a hard time. And so in that moment, I thought, I'm just going to deactivate my Instagram account for now, just for my own safety and mental peace of mind. But a big part of why I stayed offline for quite a few months after that was because of that feeling, that cringy, like crawling in my skin, like that doesn't sound like me. That's not who I really am. Um, Those words don't feel like words I'd ever say. Um, taking on a real um, different tone than who Mm -hmm. I feel like I really am. And so when I went offline, you're right, I took off the business emails from my phone and I didn't have an Instagram, I didn't have a website. And I just used my personal Instagram accounts to, you know, follow the people that brought me joy, like me, not my business. And Mm -hmm. it was just really nice to just be Sarah (laughs) for a, a little while and just realize the things that I liked and the things that I didn't like and how I would normally spend my time if I wasn't, you know, writing blog posts or Instagram captions or having business meetings in the evening times. And it was really healthy, I think, to just be, be a person for, Mm. (laughs) for a while. Yeah. Because it can be so easy to, to compartmentalize every single part of your life Mm -hmm. that, yeah, you forget who is actually the person underneath the compartments where your, your exactly. business Sarah and your teacher Sarah and then your, your family Sarah <laughs> and then like where is Sarah <laughs> yeah um, exactly yeah. yeah where is Sarah that's what I think got lost in all of that was as much as I tried to be a self-aware and self-reflective person letting that you should do this and you should do that and a book editor says things like this and uh you know we're getting lost in all of that and just coming mm. back to I am one person, how can we unify these things? Like obviously still have boundaries, but how can I sort of shake off some of that stuff that I'm buried underneath right now? And it was so interesting what you said when you were telling the story at the beginning about things that when you were first setting up the business and you're like, oh, and I thought I'd have more time for writing and more time for this and I didn't have time for any of it. And it was like the, the what you, you knew what you wanted, but mm. you set up a business that kind of, took away from that rather than gave to it and sometimes I think you have to do the thing before you can know that for sure it's not gonna (laughs) that's the only way you can know um but it does it does interest me when people are saying well I want to be able to do x so I'm setting up a business doing y (laughs) (laughs) so that I can do more of x (laughs) (laughs) right um yeah I've heard you say that before you know about you have to try something before you know and so Mm -hmm. I think I think if anything that's why our last conversation was so helpful because it was all about just getting out of the planning phase and getting into the doing and I could have sat with that idea oh I'm going to be an editor so I'm going to go to school for a year and then I'm going to plan my my website for six months and then I would have been that much further in before I realized it was something that I didn't want to do and so you know I also just saying that I wonder if like getting stuck in that planning phase sometimes is like deep down kind of kind of knowing. Yeah, re- <laughs> the yeah. research. Yeah, like if the research stage is more fun than the execution stage, like what's that all about, you know? Yeah, I wrote something about this the other day. I can't remember where or when or whether I just said it out loud. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, is it is it actually resistance? And we think, is it, mm. oh, this is a mental block I have to get over. Like, this is something that's wrong with me. I have to be better than this. Like, it should feel better than, mm-hmm. like, is that actually just resistance to something mm-hmm. that's not right? And mm-hmm. I, I, that all comes back again to that kind of self-trust of being able to differentiate between, like, I know what a mental block feels like and this feels like more than that. This feels deeper. Yeah, yeah, self-trust for sure. Being able to hear all the different monologues that are in your head for me like hearing the voice that is saying "Ooh, don't put yourself out there it's too scary and then hearing the voice that's saying oh you know you don't really want to do this and knowing the difference between the two I think that's Mm. what probably tripped me up to be honest yeah and and I think of I've said this over and over again but I just keep saying it that like we feel like it shouldn't be easy and shouldn't be fun Mm it should be kind of hard and a bit of a struggle 
And so mm-hmm. therefore we kind of try and steamroller over all these all these messages that our intuition and our body is trying to give us to say, yeah. no, not this, not this. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, no, this is work. It should feel like a struggle. <laughs> so I'm just going to carry on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So one thing that I wrote down while you were talking earlier was when you said about doing what brings you joy, not just what I'm good at. Mm-hmm. And so I would love to hear how... Yeah, how that sort of started at you giving yourself the permission to follow the joy, first of all, and kind of let go of the, I need to be the book girl uh, kind of thing, <laughs> and how that turned into the shop. Yeah. No, let me think about that for a second. That's a really good question. So it's not, again, it's not something that I woke up one morning and mm-hmm. I said, you have been following what you should do, and now you must follow the joy, and this is how you're going to do it. <laughs> I think only. it was... <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> I think it was that time that I took away and just being me and kind of noticing how I was spending my time. And, you know, of course, I think everyone over the past year and a half or so has spent a lot of time at home. And mm-hmm. something I've always found lots of joy in is just making our little rented house a home. And so, you know, we don't have all the freedom in the world to renovate or anything like that, but just choosing items and making cozy corners is something that I've spent a lot of time doing over the past 18 months when there's no plans to go out on the weekend. So you might as well bring that cozy feeling into your home. And, you know, I've enjoyed doing that. And I also have a few really good friends in my real life, not my online business Instagram, (laughs) but just my friends from life (laughs) who really enjoy thrifting. And so something that, you know, we haven't been allowed to go to restaurants. We weren't allowed to go to parks. We weren't allowed to go to each other's houses, but we were allowed to bump into each other at the thrift shop. So sometimes on a Saturday morning, one of my really good friends and I would go to the thrift shop and we would just keep our safe distance and kind of browse the aisles together. And we have very similar tastes. And so, you know, it's just that time of chatting and not really having any big heavy conversations but just catching up and I would come home and feel like oh that was you know that was really light that was really fun and then in doing that so often started to gather a whole collection of things and kind of through inspiration of I'm sure you know the inspiration of Instagram doesn't just disappear but kind of Mm -hmm. feeling inspired by other people doing similar things I thought oh well you know, this is something that I'm finding fun and I have this whole collection and I could, you know, let's just see what happens if I, if I put a few things out there and see if someone's interested, see if someone, you know, has the same tastes as me and would buy these things from me. Things like a vintage set of ceramic mugs or crystal glasses, a piece of artwork, things like that. And just experimented with it a little bit. I, I think I messaged you at one point, Kate, in response to something you had said. And I said, you know, I feel like by this time, I think I'd come back to my Instagram account and sort of decided to make a big mess of it, (laughs) experiment with a bunch of things. So I posted a bunch of pictures on my Instagram grid just to see if people were interested and kind of get a feeling of whether they liked the things I was putting out there. And, you know, I had a pretty decent response and then thought, okay, well, you know, I could try an Etsy shop. And so right now I have a collection on Etsy and that's also feeling really positive and feeling like it's going well. And I've kind of tried to just move through the past few months without really having a concrete plan, like without Mm. having like, like without a plan at all, to be honest, like I'm someone who usually has spreadsheets and planners and documents. And I, I sit there and I I plan and I plan and I plan until I run out of time. And then I have to replan the whole thing. (laughs) But (laughs) I've been trying to just move through. Yeah. And just do it without a plan. And so that's kind of where we are right now, except now I'm starting to have over the past few months that feeling I'm building up sort of a a bank of like evidence for myself that this is something that I'm enjoying and that I'm going to keep doing. And then that means that potentially in the future, making a plan again will be wise. <laughs> mm-hmm. And how does that feel? The not having a plan part? No, the the now starting to think, well, maybe at some stage I'll make a plan. Yeah, I think I feel ready for it. And I think I I know what I'm watching out for, to be honest. And mm-hmm. so like those little things, like am I am I fiddling around with the editing on my Instagram photos, <laughs> you know, until they're absolutely perfect? It kind of will tell me, yeah, maybe you're procrastinating from actually doing something that's going to move this little endeavor forward. <laughs> and sitting down and having a plan, I think I'll know that when I when I do that, if I'm spending 
too much time on the plan. There's something else I need to unpack. But right now it just kind of feels like a necessity. Like I'm feeling a little bit disorganized. And so I mm-hmm. think having a plan for a functional purpose will be good rather than just having a plan because I like to daydream about my plans. <laughs> yeah. You know what's amazing? Maybe 10 minutes ago, you were saying about how, oh, you know, I'm sure for some people it does just happen organically where they're knitting something and then they sell it. And then (laughs) like, that's what you've just described. It's like, oh, well, I was enjoying this thing and I bought some stuff and then like just put it out there and somebody said they'd buy it. And then more people said they'd buy it. And like, that's like what you've just described. (laughs) Yeah, I think, I almost think that maybe when I, I think you're right. I think that is, um, that's really interesting. <laughs> I think that what I what I experienced there was that I didn't have this big stamp on it. Like this is like my business, like capital B for business. Like it yeah. was more like, this is something that I'm trying. And then once I tried it and it felt right, I started to feel like it could be something more. Whereas when I started out previously, like when I decided, okay, I want to have a business. I want to try and build something of my own. And I think that might be editing. It was very much sitting at my computer, Googling, what should my business be? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the difference is that I, I know, I knew in the back of my mind, you know, I enjoyed a lot of the parts of having an online business, but I wasn't putting all my energy into making it this one thing. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I think that when you are there setting up your capital B business, you get so stuck in everything that you don't have yet and everything you Mm. don't know yet. And you're just like desperate to kind of push it on to the point where it can be a proper capital B business. Mm. (laughs) And not, whereas the, the more no plan, like just breaking every single rule, Mm -hmm. no plan no goals like messy instagram all that sort of thing (laughs) just like really releases the pressure and allows you to be truly experimental yeah yeah i agree yeah that word proper business right i think that's the difference i went from trying to build a proper business to just okay i'm interested in business let's try this one let's see what happens (laughs) Mm -hmm. and do you think it's it's different not because of, or it's helped by the fact that it's a physical product versus a, a digital service? Oh, 100%. So I am learning a lot about myself through this whole process. But one thing that I've learned, and I feel like I could have approached this as something just to overcome, and that probably would have been fine as well. But what I've noticed is that when I was marketing services as an editor, I felt like I was selling a piece of my heart and soul and myself and so when i was marketing that if i wasn't getting the response that i wanted or if even if i had a conversation with a client where i felt like they weren't 100 percent happy with what i had to say that would eat away at me and that would be a source of major stress and feeling like i wasn't enough and feeling like all those things like i need Mm -hmm. to go back to school i need more qualifications i need to update my website i need to do all these things that weren't helpful but coming from that place of insecurity Whereas what I'm doing now, I feel like I'm selling, I am selling, I don't just feel like I'm selling, I'm selling (laughs) products. And those are products that I love and they're things that I've curated and I put my heart into that process and I truly believe in the things that I'm putting out there, but I can understand them as being separate from me. Mm -hmm. And so if I put something out there, if I put a listing up in my shop and it doesn't get very, it gets lots of views, but no sales, I can look at it and say, okay, well, you know, it's a crystal decanter. It's a beautiful piece of crystal. It's, you know, sold in a few other shops. So it can't be me. It's not me. It's Mm -hmm. maybe something wrong with my listing. Maybe I need to look at my tags. Maybe there's something wrong with the way that I've written the title. Maybe I need to learn a little bit more about Etsy to try and figure out why it is that other people can sell this, but I can't. And it doesn't feel personal and it doesn't like drain away at my (laughs) self worth Mm. (laughs) in the same way. And yeah, like I said, I could have worked on that. Like, I think that's, you know, there's something there for sure um, for me to unpack and work on in my own time, but also maybe just my personality type, maybe putting myself out there like that just wasn't right for me. And maybe this is. Yeah. And yeah, right. Like at some stage in your life, you're maybe going to want to not feel like that about stuff. But also like in your teaching job, that's a lot of you 
and you mm. don't feel the same way. So I think it's, I think insecurity comes from doing the wrong thing as well. Yeah. And it's yeah. something that actually, you know, taken me all the way back to the very, very beginnings of starting the blog and that I'd had mm-hmm. previously, like since being in university, like started blogs, written one thing, kind of like shied, like got scared and, and shied away from it. And it got to a point where it was just more important to do it than, mm. than the fears. And actually... Yeah. And that kind of like becomes a sort of suit of armor, if you like. Whereas, mm. yeah, if it's not the right thing, if it's not more important, which for you it wasn't, it was just this thing to kind of not have to paint houses in the in the summer <laughs> and and to, yeah. to have a business like the the ins- that breeds the insecurity a bit more, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know, again, I'm a very introverted person. I'm in my own head a lot of the time. I like to be at home or in a group with, you know, two or three people, I'm very much like that is who I am and I'm okay with that. And I think there's a lot of messages in the world that want us to kind of cure our (laughs) introversion, if you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like Mm -hmm. if you don't enjoy marketing yourself online and that's something that you have to fix and you have to be okay with that. But I'm also kind of okay with the fact that, yeah, that's maybe just not for me. And for sure, you know, having a boundary and understanding that your self-worth doesn't come from your work and all of those things, like you said, it, it that's an ongoing process for me as a human, but it's also, it's also just understanding, yeah, like being online in that way, maybe isn't for me. I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And especially like, don't massively deal with all that stuff for something that you don't even really like doing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a really great point too, actually. Like, yeah, like ideal world, we deal with it all. But if the only way it's coming up is for this thing that you don't even want to do, like maybe just don't. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. And I think you're right. I did do that as a teacher. I think that getting up in front of, you know, 15 teenagers was something that really freaked me out when I first started teaching. And so I overcame it because the reward was greater than the fear, like you said. Mm. But you're right for something that you're kind of iffy about in the first place it's also just a huge red flag that you're maybe doing the wrong thing mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> so in the tip so with the shop you've kind of well maybe this isn't this isn't the truth but it kind of feels like it's been a sort of quite seamless hop skip jump to everything oh well I'll, I'll try put it on Instagram I'll try putting it on Etsy have has there been anything that has been a kind of roadblock or a challenge or has it just been this quite freewheeling easy process yeah no it definitely hasn't all been incredibly easy and that mindset stuff comes into play with everything right it's mm-hmm. like everywhere you go there you are and so at first yeah. when I was putting things out and not getting a response because I probably had entirely not the wrong audience but an audience that wanted me to give writing tips and not an audience that wanted me to sell <laughs> teacups <laughs> it was a little disheartening because I was putting stuff on Instagram and not really getting much back and then you know talking to my friends and thinking like is this is this the right thing or should I try this and you know feeling a little bit unsure has come up absolutely but then again um, being able to be a bit more scientific about it and not making it super personal. I think that I can kind of nail that down to the biggest challenge has been just changing what it is that I do, but still doing it sort of alongside and in front of the same people. Mm. Um, like I, and I'm talking, I think mostly about Instagram because that's where I spend most of my time when I'm, when I'm working on my shop, but, um, starting a whole new Instagram account didn't really feel like, an option. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember that climb from when I first started and I didn't want to have to yeah. go through that again. And I have actually real Instagram friends, people who I know are just supportive people that are interested in what I'm doing, even if they can't shop with me. So I, I did just pivot my actual existing account and then, yeah. And then the struggle has come with just changing what it is that I'm, that I'm known for, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. I can see new people joining, but just as many people are leaving. And sometimes that feels disheartening. And sometimes that feels like exciting because it means that more of the people who are interested in vintage home goods are are joining me. Mm -hmm. But um, figuring out how to talk to them and not completely alienate everyone who's already there, but also talking to completely different people who are hopefully closer to me geographically as well. Yeah, I'm kind of teaching myself how to do that right now. And that's that's an area of, of learning for sure. Yeah, well, well, and and that 
going back to like you said that incident in the classroom and it not mm. sounding like you and that being kind of such a pivotal moment how mm-hmm. does it have you approached started talking again and writing captions and stuff <laughs> again like with trepidation or uh, with your eyes wide open yeah I was super uh, cautious about it at first and sort of reading everything over and I always type out everything in a google doc and I kind of at the top of the doc where I type my drafts I just have you know make sure this sounds like me mm-hmm. and so if this is something that I would not you know sometimes it's nice to write something that feels pretty and not just something that sounds conversational so I'm not just trying to sound like the way I sound now when I'm talking or the way I sound when I'm talking to my students but just making sure it sounds like me and not like someone that I think I should be mm-hmm. um and that's you know that might not make a lot of sense unless you're in my head <laughs> but just thinking you know have I been really influenced by someone else's blog that I was just reading or am I you know is there an account that I really love and I'm like unconsciously copying the way that they write their captions and just reminding myself like just be me you can only mm-hmm. make this work if you can do it like you like I'm saying that to myself so I have that right at the top of everything that I write and it is something I kind of keep coming back to to remind myself so that I don't end up in that situation again mm-hmm. and does it do you feel like you're doing that or does it still feel like a super conscious effort I think most of the time it feels like I'm doing okay with that and then there are times where I slip back I might look at a caption from a week before and be like oh geez why did I say that mm-hmm. like that that sounds so pretentious <laughs> um, but I do think it's working though I was posting on my stories I had a really nice response actually from people from all over because I was looking for a piece of furniture for my own home and then it kind of degenerated into an argument with my husband because I <laughs> made him drive out of town to help me pick up this big solid wood sideboard for our house and then three days later I saw one I like better <laughs> on Facebook marketplace and so you know we argued about it and then I took to my stories and I shared a little bit about it and I really wasn't thinking about what I was saying I was just kind of laughing at myself and I knew that he would laugh when he saw it as well but a lot of people commented and said oh my goodness I'm totally following this journey this is hilarious this is so relatable and I thought in that moment like oh I didn't even really like sense check everything that I said Mm. I didn't go back and make sure I sounded a certain way I just kind of said what I was thinking I said what I would have said to a friend and people thought I was funny so that's cool (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's and it's always those things you know like and they they come to tell us where you it's the thing that you spend the least amount of time and effort on that's the thing Mm. that (laughs) that resonates with people (laughs) Um, yeah for sure (laughs) but I do also think that that so for example like a a blog I can't look at blog posts from six months ago either because it kind of makes me feel a bit cringy (laughs) and actually the the intro for this podcast I'm going to change over the summer this is the same intro since 2018 and like I can like oh it makes me cringe to hear this (laughs) intro (laughs) because the intro but and yeah exactly there's nothing wrong with it but like I as a person have moved on it's not like that was not who I was in that moment at that time and yeah you're in this situation where that growth and development is happening really really quickly because it's right at the beginning of experimenting Mm. and all that kind of thing so yeah a caption you wrote one two weeks ago like maybe that was how you felt right then and there but you've kind of Mm -hmm. grown and developed since and you don't quite don't recognize that as you even though it was you then if that makes sense yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense I can definitely see that being true for my situation yeah yeah (laughs) yeah for sure so a little bit more kindness to to (laughs) past caption writing Sarah (laughs) yeah absolutely absolutely that's something I'm working on for sure yeah so well, I was about to say what are the plans for the shop, but there are no plans. <laughs> um, no, there's no concrete plans. Like there's nothing, like I think when I say, like when I say plans, like I mean plans, like <laughs> spreadsheets with calendars and like to-do lists and all of, I mean, your planning kit is my favorite document ever because I can really <laughs> spend a weekend in there. Um, so I don't have a plan like that. Um, but I do have sort of, I have a a vision and idea of where I want to go. And I have 
I have things that I know I'm going to do, which I guess is a looser definition of a plan. But Mm -hmm. mostly right now, I'm just enjoying where I'm at with it, which is running an Etsy shop, which is growing slowly. And Etsy is kind of a whole thing that I'm learning about that I didn't know about before. Um, So, you know, working on growing that and like I said, trying to shift or at least add to my audience so that I can reach people who are closer to home, which will allow me to curate pieces that I can actually share with people that live closer to me. So, um, you know, I'm learning about vintage and antique furniture and artwork, but those aren't things that I can necessarily ship overseas. Mm -hmm. Um, And so working on the audience so that I can move in the direction that I want to go with the items in my shop is a goal for sure. Mm. Is it a vision where the shop and your life and your teaching and all those things are Mm. a nice harmonious whole or is it like this is the vision for the shop compartment of my life (laughs) (laughs) Um, no I think actually that part I'm kind of I'm I'm living that feeling right now to be honest so for example packing orders so if I have a few orders they all need to you know especially when I'm sending expensive (laughs) fragile things they have to be packed up very carefully and I tend to do that on in the evenings during the week. And that doesn't sound like a super exciting task, but after a long, heavy day of teaching Mm -hmm. and sometimes carrying really heavy stories for my students and their families and crises that pop up and things that are just really heavy to bear, coming home and just putting on Grey's Anatomy, drinking a glass of wine and packing up orders, that's amazing for me. (laughs) And that's, you know, that's that flow it like it's not the flow it's not like I'm taking everything I learned in university and coming home like going to work all day and applying it there and then coming home and you know writing a novel every day because I'm not really doing that right now but it's just finding a flow for my energy as opposed to Mm. for my skills so that part for sure it's working for me that's how I know that this is what I want to keep doing because it feels like I'm not balanced in the sense of like I have work-life balance which I doesn't which I don't think exists but just my energy is balanced so I have things that make me feel heavy and then I have an outlet for those heavy feelings yeah just even as you described it and like contrasting that with what you said like right at the beginning of I was taking Mm. on all this heavy stuff and then I went straight home went on zoom and like started talking about (laughs) other people's heavy stuff and it was just like and then just that description of like I take on all this heavy stuff and then I go home and I pack and it just feels like the the perfect foil for it and like you said there's this a real kind of yin yang of the energy yeah yeah Yeah. so I think you know you you said is that a part of my future vision and for sure I want to maintain that type of flow between what I do and yeah and I have ideas for how I would like the shop to grow and then how that would continue to support what I do during the day as well. But my plan is to continue teaching. That's something that's non-negotiable for me. Yeah, no. Oh, it sounds so nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, to be honest, I haven't talked about it very much because it's all very new. So um, Mm. when I, you know, when I hear these things said out loud, I think, oh my goodness, I have come a long way. (laughs) Yeah, like amazingly. It sounds like you've, yeah, like, and as you said, uh, sort of last summer nearly a year ago you're in the trail mm. and mm. there was a lot like you hadn't started the shop or anything then and there was you I think you'd just come off line at that point mm. and there was a lot of I don't know where who who I'm gonna be or what I'm gonna do and I'm just cr- trying to sit in it <laughs> and just like yeah the leaps and strides that yeah from that point like you should be like so proud of yourself for that oh thank you and I definitely credit a lot of the community and the resources in the trail as well I remember just starting with the I was think I was in the first group that joined and Mm -hmm. I remember just starting with kind of unpacking some of the activities in your business that maybe you're not enjoying and it started where I just kind of realized I wasn't enjoying blogging (laughs) any of it and then I (laughs) yeah and then I sort of realized okay, I'm not enjoying vlogging and I'm also not enjoying this and I'm also not enjoying that. (laughs) And that part is scary where at the beginning, it's like, oh my goodness, what's going on? What am I going to do? But the trail really did feel like a journey because everything that was put into place there, it doesn't just, you know, you don't just unpack everything and realize, oh no, it's a mess. (laughs) But then you get some, I really felt like I had some support in narrowing down 
how and why it wasn't right, which gave me fuel to move forward. Mm. So it wasn't just getting stuck in the unknown. It was knowing where to go from there in time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But no, it's, and I love the, the openness that you're bringing to the planning and that sort of thing. And and, because I think sometimes doing the opposite of what feels safe can be, Mm. and sometimes what feels safe isn't what's actually good for us. Like we know, mm-hmm. you know, you know how to be an avid planner and spend six months making a perfect spreadsheet, <laughs> but mm-hmm. that doesn't actually help you. It feels comfortable, but it's not helpful. And so just right. to kind of do the opposite and, and lean back into the uncertainty and, and relish it is sounds like a really beautiful place to be. Yeah, absolutely. That's what we tell our students is that, you know, you can be uncomfortable as long as you're still safe. Right. So Mm. I'm trying to push myself there as well. It's okay to be uncomfortable, even to be unsure, but I'm still safe. It's still okay. (laughs) That's so lovely. So last time you were on, I asked you, how do you grow a soul in your work and life? Uh, I don't know if you, do you remember it or not? I do remember. I couldn't tell you verbatim, oh, but I okay, know I right. something about learning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was making sure that I'm always learning. I think of myself as a lifelong learner. So I'm always a student of something and that's not necessarily in a classroom, but just getting to know other people's stories. Hmm. How does that sound? That sounds like it's something that's still true to me for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, the teacher had to talk about learning. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I love that I also said something about stories, about how for me, learning and storytelling is just intrinsically linked because I still believe that's true. Um, and I can apply that to the people that I come into contact with, but also in my context right now with the pieces and the objects and the stories that they carry too. So mm. I still I still stand by that, yeah. Is there anything that you'd you'd add on the other side of of 2020? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's a big question. Um, I think that I would add that if I'm truly going to grow with soul in my work and life, it also has to be a process of listening to myself and, like you always say, Kate, a process of self trust as well. Um, it's easy to look outwards to other people, to their stories, to their advice. But I think turning inwards and continuing to do that is what has been my biggest lesson since the last time we talked, for sure. Mm -hmm. So Sarah, where can people come and say hello to you? And preferably in the, if they're in Canada, come and buy mm-hmm. some, come buy some vintage homewares. <laughs> yeah. So the best place to find me is still Instagram and you can find me at Fraser and Willow. And you can also visit my website, which is FraserandWillow.com. Thank you so much for coming on and for sharing, sharing everything oh. you've shared. Thank you so much for having me, Kate. I really enjoyed this conversation. This was great. Any links that we mentioned will be in the show notes on my website at simpleandseason.com forward slash podcast. And you can find me and Sarah on Instagram. I'm at simpleandseason and she's at Fraser and Willow. If you have a friend who you think would really enjoy this conversation, please do send the link to the episode and share where you're listening online too. And until next time, I hope you grow a song.